but for me, it hasn't really quite sunk in yet that like we're going to be playing on some weird app that you just stream for free <laughs> that collects your information and sells it to right. the government, you know? Yeah. Uh, you you got to find those streams. You got to find the streams at that point. I watched a few Champions League games this year where someone was uh, in the top corner, a little box, you know? Yeah. And they had the controller with them, and they right. act like they're playing FIFA 14, 15, whatever. <laughs> Today looking for Garza backside and in for the first goal in Atlanta United history from Yamil Assad. Take a look at history. Hi y'all and welcome to Five Stripe Final. The only how there should be an audio discussion discussing all things at Lady and I, Jason Joyce from Dirty South Soccer. This is Joe Pash from Dirty South Soccer. You're listening to and watching Five Stripe Final, sponsored by Dirty South Soccer. And y'all, we just have one question. Them five stripes is hell, don't they? Don't they? I thought you were going to ask if the five stripes stop. Oh, do they stop? No. Do they? No, they do not. Do they? They have not stopped yet. No. They have continued, and they have continued, and they have continued all the way into a CONCACAF Champions League spot. They clinch that today they will be facing some of the best teams in CONCACAF the Mexican teams not us not any MLS teams but facing like really really good teams are coming here y'all we're going there it's going to be great it's going to be Doug, crazy Doug Roberson's going to Tijuana y'all hey like this is going to be lit donate to our Patreon so you can send us to Tijuana we can do Street Smack and write some uh, some really cool you know that's all blogs about it ever ever wanted uh, on top of that more good news it's like Hunter S. Thompson we can do some Hunter yeah, S. Thompson we can go stuff. Gonzo with this yeah. for sure for sure uh, more good news, though, in the form of... Hey, look, y'all. Look at us. Look at us. Look how many points we have. We have a we have a neat amount of points, as, as I'm told. Neat, yeah. Uh, how the kids say it. Yeah. Uh, when, you, when you have 69, you say neat, uh-huh. I believe. Uh-huh. For, for some reason. I don't know. I think it's just a fun number. Love 69 um, jokes. Ah, so good. So highbrow, too. Um, but yeah, we tie the uh, MLS points record from the Toronto team. Last year, uh, our record we thought wasn't going to be touched for a long while. Lady Knight touches that this year. Uh, 69 points for them. Uh, and Red Bulls, though, right behind them. Yeah, uh, it's really annoying. It's really they annoying. Go away. <laughs> they won't go away. So we may have two teams by the end of this break. The MLS points record set last year. I think I think New York is, on, is currently on their best run of form of the season right now, um, which is just great. And it coincides with them also beating us um, during that stretch, so just double great. Mm-hmm. And um, and we have to go away to Toronto, where we have a team that we haven't beaten yet in MLS, and they go to Orlando, so triple great. Yeah, awesome, cool, great, awesome, cool, wow. Uh, yeah, do we really want to? I hate that we have to maybe potentially rely on Orlando. The, the best way to not do that is to go up to Toronto. And, yeah. Just get the do- job done in the cold. Uh, that's that's easier said than done. Do we know how cold it's going to be? I'm going to have to do some major research on what the weather is going to be <laughs> our, like. Our local week. DSS meteorologist Joe Patrick is going to have to do some hardcore weather searching there. Uh, but, I, li- I mean, at least we know that our team can win in the snow, which they did last year. But it still mm-hmm, doesn't mm-hmm. like warm me with you know, give me the small sample fuzzies. size. Small sample size. Tata was actually, we had the roof open today. I don't know if y'all saw that, but uh, Tata Martino in full puffy coat <laughs> yeah. for an open roof for a 50, 58, 60 degree weather day inside the giant air conditioned spaceship behind us. Um, yeah, so, so if you think he's moving to Chicago to go work for the U.S. Soccer Federation, yeah, no, that's no, not no, happening. He's not living no, no. anywhere further north than Atlanta. Uh, this may have been the last time we see Tata Martino in that puffy coat on the sidelines here for a regular season game. 
Uh, all oh, the shit, indications uh, kind of seem to indicate that he's gone. We'll talk a little bit about more of that when uh, we get to the kind of into the quotes, uh, the press conference there. Because uh, he did say a few things, uh, a couple of slips of the tongue <laughs> as well. Uh, but a whole lot of somewhat interesting stuff to talk about. It's more kind of a, a celebration day today. This is good. This is good. We're, yeah. we're one step away from the first trophy in club history. It took us two years to, to get to that point, which is crazy. Uh, over the last two years, we have officially now been the best team in MLS uh, based on points, which is Remarkable, and today we set a whole bunch of attendance records as well, as far as uh, average attendance for an MLS team. Uh, in breaking our own records, of course, you know, record, they're, they're, much, they're the yeah. records we set last year in terms of attendance. But but, yeah, 50, uh, fifty-three thousand and two there, uh, over nine hundred thousand for the year. Uh, just a remarkable amount of people coming through the gates here to to watch a major league soccer team, which I think we kind of forget how uh, how crazy this all is yeah it's hard it, it's weird for me with the CONCACAF Champions League thing it's kind of anticlimactic because we've kind of known it's coming for a while right? right but it's still at the same time it doesn't hasn't really sunk in yet maybe for that reason that it's not so it's not such like a huge celebration I feel at least just me personally um, so I, I'm not quite yet feeling like the uh, the the, the joyous way that you know a lot of the players were saying that it was like a huge accomplishment for them it was obviously top of mind for them but for me it hasn't really quite sunk in yet that like we're going to be playing on some weird app that you just stream for free <laughs> that collects your information and sells it to right. the government you know yeah. uh, you, you got to find those streams you got to find the streams at that point I watched a few Champions League games this year where someone was uh, in the top corner a little box you know yeah and they had the controller with them and they act like they're playing fifa 14 15 whatever uh, so if you if you y'all are gonna have to get resourceful to help us out with that uh, when the time comes and that's that's really fun to look forward to um, well it's worse the, the worst ones honestly you think it's great because all you have to do is press a box to say like yes i accept cookies or whatever and you don't have to enter in any more information than that but really all they're doing is stealing all your personal information and and selling it to the dark web. So let's hope that, you know, there's some sort of option to watch this next year. We don't know. Like, in all seriousness, it was on an app called Go90 last year. They had, like, the rights for streaming. And, uh, well, it's not going to be... They Go, Go90 no longer exists. So um, we'll see what's going on. But at least it'll be in Spanish because it was on Univision, I believe, as well. So yeah. we'll see. But hopefully somebody We'll have up. that communal experience of trying to figure out what the hell is going on with this game uh, as a fan base now. That's That's... A big stepping stone for us. I, I think it's hard to project forward and like look forward to it, uh, considering the amount of flux that the club is in right now. Like you don't know. Like we can't say like, oh, who's Tata gonna go buy? Or you know, just like you, we can't kind of ask him about the future because I mean we could, but it's kind of a waste of breath. Um, yeah, because he's probably not gonna be here next year. But. Um, Gosh. I was looking around the locker room today, and just kind of thinking about it. There may be a momentous shift coming for this team after uh, after this window closes. This is a, the beginning window, it's the opening window for us, and it's gone really, really well. Uh, but after this, there's a whole lot of unknowns. We don't know what the what's going on with the coaching search. Uh, the rumor is today uh, from Jason Foster that, that it's Shaletta. Um, yeah, well, that was that was in IS, which is like a huge. Uh, it's not even like a newspaper. It's like a huge news organization based yeah. in Spain, but it was from their Argentinian outlet. 
Yeah. So there you go. Uh, we, we may have more answers to that coming pretty quickly. Uh, we don't know who's going to still be around. We're, we're assuming Miguel's gone. We're assuming Petty's coming in. Uh, yeah. We still think this is probably Jeff Lernowitz's last year. Is this Parker's last year? Um, is Kressel going on trial at Mines? No, no, he's not. We know the answer to that. Stop trying to push that MLS transfers at MLS transfers. Uh, but yeah, there's a whole lot of unknowns going forward to this. So just kind of sit back and enjoy the fact that we get to, to have this thing in our second year. Yeah, and I, I, that's kind of the feeling I get from talking to the team is like that's what they're all kind of focusing on right now and I don't think it's like hurting their play at all I think that that's like a narrative that likes to get the media likes to kind of create that kind of narrative that oh well they're not going to be around next year they're not going to be together next year so it's going to affect them some way somehow it's going to impact me now really I don't think it is I I think that it's just a matter of um, that's just fans who that just worry and it's it's hard when it's not your it's out of your control but you know I've talked to these guys in training this week and they say that you know they live their lives on a year-to-year basis. Like, this is nothing new to them in terms of worrying about teammates coming or going after a season. This is just how it always is. And there's guys on this team now who may not want to leave after this year, but they don't have a contract sitting waiting on their, yeah. you know, in their inbox uh, just ready to sign after this year. So they're going to be out of the door, too. I'm talking about, like, more rotational guys. So, you know, it is what it is. We all had to just accept the, the state that we're in now and, yeah, like, just enjoy it. It's going to be great. Sort of, hopefully. That actually never <laughs> happens to Atlanta fans, but... Yeah, no, and, and uh, there's still part of this that all could go horribly, horribly wrong, uh, you know, if, if things collapse next Sunday, which they could, and then we, you know, duck out to D.C. United in the playoffs. This could all be really, really disappointing, but for now we get to enjoy the fact that we have, we have tied a, a pretty impressive record and made our way to the Champions League in our second year. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about how we actually got there today. Uh, Joe Patrick, the 18, comes out, and it was a weird one. How are you feeling after that? I was shocked. I, yeah. to, I'll, I'll be honest. I was completely shocked. At, to see Barco and Carlton in the lineup together is not something we've seen ever before uh, this year, except for in the U.S. Open Cup, and we haven't seen it in the league. So that was pretty surprising, and it honestly, to me, I liked it. Like, it's not to say I didn't like seeing those guys together in the lineup. But I just thought Tata wouldn't go with two players that are so young and, like, Barco is not... He's young, but not inexperienced. Carlton is is young and inexperienced. So to play both those guys in a game that really was a must-win game tonight, um, no other way around it, I was just surprised to see them in and and Tata relying on those guys. But I like it. I like that he did rely on those guys because it shows a level of confidence that he has in a guy like Andrew Carlton that we, I think, have kind of doubted at times. At least I have when, you know, because we haven't seen him play that many minutes. Uh, Maybe not as many minutes as we would have hoped. So it was it was nice to see him rely on him for a game like this. Yeah, he was very good. He was very good, I thought. Uh, He came in. It was a somewhat limited appearance. He got off pretty quickly. In favor of Jeff Lornowitz, who did not start, who being five strike final, we need to be on bread and discuss that yep. here in a second. But I thought Andrew did well. Uh, he was creative. He was at least attempting to be very creative. Sometimes the end result wasn't quite there, but I mean, just fractions of inches away most of the time. And we saw people reacting uh, on a national level to Andrew Carlton and saying this is something that usually you don't see from an American player. Um, it's interesting to kind of think about where that would even come from because you don't like learn to to ball on the mean streets of powder springs georgia right or anything like that Uh, it's a fascinating mindset but it's something that provides him with something dangerous and something unexpected 
and that kind of craziness kind of turns into a little bit of uh, in product he, eventually. I mean, he kind of has like a youthful recklessness, right? Where yeah. it's like he doesn't care to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, I'm sure he does, but like he's not afraid to. So he's going to go out there and he might make some mistakes, but he's also going to do some things for you that that help you. And and you know, when you do the kinds of things that he does, um, you don't need to be get 100% of them right, you know? Right. You don't even need to get half of them right. If yeah. you can pull off, you know, I don't know, 30% or something, you're going to, that's going to create uh, like an exponential amount of uh, chances for the team that are really good chances that could lead to goals. So when you're playing in a role like him, you know, I say go for it. And it's, it's so exciting to see a young American player do that kind of thing. Yeah, and uh, it paid off for us tonight. Uh, again, we thought he would do I think both of us thought he did pretty well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and did enough anyways to kind of keep us in the game and keep Chicago uh, pin back a little bit as well. Uh, Zeke had a weird one. Zeke had a weird one. Um, he was doing very well in the first half. Even even Rob Ushery from Dario South Soccer was saying that this was probably the best game he had seen Ezekiel play up until that point. And then second half, he, he struggled a little bit. He had some really bad uh, periods of mm-hmm. play there, I thought. And uh, don't know quite what was up with that, but he did have this, uh, he did have what was basically an assist in the first half where he made this gorgeous kind of just long ball across the field, very direct, uh, very accurate ball to Franco Escobar, who ended up scoring a goal uh, off the deflection. Then Joseph got uh, an assist for somehow, somehow, right, by just basically (laughs) being there. That's just like classic Barco. You know, just guy can't buy a a bucket, as they say. Yeah, can't get a break. Can't get a break that Ezekiel. Um, So, yeah, he... he, I thought he tired out and so did Carl Tide. I think that's... One of the issues for me starting both those guys is that they're just they neither of them seem like they can go ninety minutes or even like seventy minutes. Sure, a lot of them are going like sixty minutes, and um, I thought Barco really really struggled between that like sixtieth minute to like whenever he got taken off seventy fifth or something like that. I thought those were kind of his honestly his worst moments, and I thought um, yeah he just kind of deteriorated due to fatigue in my opinion and it makes sense because he hasn't started many games recently you know he hasn't mm-hmm. been getting those those match minutes that are kind of required to kind of um, yeah get that fitness built up so ooh Lights after off. dark I think we look better now on the, on the, on the soft lighting uh, yeah. soft lighting that's yeah. what we needed um, oh by the way we have the uh, Skycam people in the booth right next oh, to us yeah. it's so cool there's so much equipment it looks like the world's most complicated video game it's, it's incredible I, we want to go play with it really badly yeah yeah. Uh, but no it, gosh man I I really wanted Zeke to kind of take off here today, just do really well. Um, I thought, I mean, I thought he did have a really good game. I just, I just think that it was diminishing returns as it went on, especially in the second half was not was not great. Mm-hmm. But I still thought, I, I still thought even when he wasn't playing well, he wasn't hurting the team. Sure, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. Uh, something that almost did hurt the team today was was the midfield. I thought, I thought that, yeah. Um, Jeff Linowitz, of course, does not start a, a huge affront to us personally. Here at Five Strike Final, um, and it, it showed. It showed, and the reasoning behind it was interesting to me. Tata said afterwards that he didn't think there was room for him, essentially, uh, with Nagby and Rometty available to go, and chose Rometty over Lorenowitz. And I, in a completely non-biased way, disagree with that. Yeah. Honestly, uh, it seemed like a game more fit for Jeff, and it seemed like at times. Uh, the five stripes were getting overrun in the midfield a little bit, and Chicago was penetrating. Chicago got a lot of chances. Y'all, this could have been a very different game. Yeah, I, I totally agree, and I, I didn't quite buy into Tata's rationale for not starting him. Um, 
after the game. He said something about wanting midfielders who are good with their feet and more mobile is kind of the way I took it. That's not the way exact way he described it. That's kind of the way I took it. But I don't know. I don't really buy into that. And I, I think that um, it was not Eric Rometty's best game. It was not Darlington Nagby's best game. And I think the reason was because those guys didn't have Lorenowitz there to kind of give them a foundation, give themselves a focal point on which they could rotate in which they could um, move the ball and kind of know where he's going to be so that you can kind of move off of him. Having having Gressel there also as a mobile guy, you have th- basically three mobile central midfielders. They were all over the place, but sometimes when the ball turned over, they weren't in the place where you need someone to be within <laughs> protecting the front four. So I thought, honestly, you have to give a lot of credit to Michael Parkhurst and Laurent, uh, Leandro Gonzalez-Perez for, um, you know, basically standing up in those situations where they were exposed at times. Not exposed, but just um, they were vulnerable, you know, because they didn't have that safety blanket and Lorenowitz in front of them. So give them credit. But, yeah, I'm not not quite buying into Tata's rationale for his starting lineup. And I don't think, like, if this were a playoff game, I don't think uh, we would see that that midfield three again. Yeah, no, LGP and Parkey real steady. uh, But it does kind of leave some questions as to what happens if Lorenowitz does uh, duck out after this year. If this is his final season playing soccer in MLS, how do you replace them if the Remedy and Nagby partnership isn't going to work? Uh, that could be a scary question to kind of face it, here it's in the offseason. It's a tough one because you can't just go buy somebody from you know from Argentina because he's an American player, so it's you're not getting a like-for-like like there in terms of an international for an international mm-hmm. like you would be with like a Miguel Amaron, Pity Martinez. You're, you're going to have to try to come up with some more creative solution for that. And I don't know really what that is right now, but, you know, hopefully Darren and uh, and Darren and Carlos. Yeah, we're, we're not going to doubt them at any point. Yeah. Uh, they seem to have everything kind of sort of figured out. And Tata did allude to that in his Spanish uh, language portion. He mm-hmm. said, you know, regardless of who's here next year, because it's obviously not going to be him, um, you know, that, that the, 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 the club will maintain its course because of the the – people that are in per, in place in the front office, they'll, they'll kind of keep the club churning. Absolutely. Absolutely. Harris Kruskic, we will not go home as he tries to get us in the chat. We are here. We are here for you guys. We're here for you, and especially. This reminds me, somebody earlier asked, will we still have a Lorenowitz man of the night without oh, Jeff Lorenowitz? That, that's a, that's yeah. a <laughs> we absolutely will. for years, years, we years, absolutely years will. the five-stripe final. There will be no... No throwing away with Jeff Lorenowitz trophy. We should see if Jeff Lorenowitz will sponsor that segment of the show. Gosh, yeah. He's a friend of the show. He is. We talk from time to time. Yeah. Yeah, we got to get him in on this. Yeah. Um, the other interesting kind of lineup decision, uh, hashtag start Bello continues to fail in a whole lot of ways <laughs> uh, because Bello did not start. And my campaigns to hashtag start Bello seem to be just blatantly ignored by one Gerardo Tata Martino. And uh, I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. I personally did not think he was going to start this game because he only got back into training on Thursday from his international break. He was playing in England. He played a game like a, on a Tuesday night, flew back on a Wednesday, so he missed Wednesday's training. So I never thought he would start. It was still cool. It was a very cool lineup like to see Andrew Carlton obviously starting, and then on the bench you've got Bello and Kunga. Mm-hmm. So you've got like three homegrown players basically involved in the match day squad. It, very, it felt like a very kind of Atlanta... It was feeling like an Atlanta squad. You yeah, know? which is cool. Uh, you, we could see him, like, in the pregame, they were doing a, a rondo, and Bellows like, dancing uh, <laughs> while he's, like, in the middle of the rondo mm-hmm. to, to the uh, 
to the music and stuff blasting in MBS. So it was fun. I, I liked seeing those guys in the lineup. But yeah. you know, unfortunately, Tata admitted he was like, yeah, the only reason Lagos was in the squad was because like everybody was hurt. Right. So we needed a warm body. <laughs> hey, got to get some experience, though. Got to ride on the bus with the team and everything like yeah. that. Uh, the question becomes, does Bello, with you know a little bit of time coming back, he's not doing international stuff this week or anything like that. Yeah, so yeah. he'll be good to go. If we want him to for Toronto, I want him to. Yeah. But. Well, I mean, I think what we saw today from Tata starting Andrew Carlton in a must-win game, mm-hmm. I see no reason why he wouldn't do the same with Bello. If anything, Bello's kind of shown you better performances um, this season recently, especially, mm-hmm. than what Carlton has. So I could definitely see Bello starting this next game. And I and don't get me wrong, me saying I didn't think he was going to start this game, like I'm totally in support of him starting in general right. um, over Chris McCann. We can kind of talk about Chris McCann. He actually... He well, fine. he didn't score one of the goals. It was an own goal. But, um, it's fine. yeah, it's like McCann's one of those guys who he kind of, I don't know, you compared him to like a day on, day on Lovren. I uh, did. You, I want, did. You, you, want, you want to talk about that? Yeah. So for, for those of you who aren't weirdos that follow Liverpool like me, um, day on Lovren has been one of those guys that's been pretty regularly lambasted for his play. And it seems like at times, and let's say that it is deserved that uh, he's been kind of harangued a little bit for, for how he plays and all the mistakes he makes and everything like that. So when he does something kind of well and he does something that's not completely ruining everything, this is harsh. When he's doing something <laughs> that uh, that seems seems a little more positive than normal, we give him a lot, a lot more credit, it seems like. And sometimes I think that happens with Chris McCann. He gets a couple good crosses in and we kind of start to trick ourselves into thinking that He's a little more viable than he actually is. And Chris, love you, buddy. But, like, uh, it, it may just be a better option to to go with someone with so much more upside like Bello. And to, to add to that, too, Greg Garza was also around today. It's very likely that with some more time, he will probably start against Toronto, if, if I had to guess. Yeah, that could, that could happen. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd be comfortable with Garza starting, though. Kind of for... Well, not for a similar reason for Bello this week, but just the fact that he hasn't played in a game speed situation sure, for so that's long, totally that's good I, I would kind of worry about yeah. that. It'll be interesting. It'll, I mean, it'll be interesting to see who he goes with. I think McCann's one of those guys who, um, first of all, he's prone to just like a crazy individual error that leads to a goal. Um, and they're kind of impossible to predict when they're going to come. So, but that, But that's not the kind of volatility you want in a, an important in a very important game because you don't know if it's going to happen. So um, I do kind of feel more comfortable with Bello, to be perfectly honest. And I think one of the reasons why it's a little, it's almost like a safer option is because since he's pushing forward, he's not, he's not um, absorbing the pressure. He's not like allowing his opponent on the other side sure. to put the pressure on him. He's putting yeah. the pressure on the other person. So it's kind of like getting the, getting the danger away from you. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see what he does. Um, now, I want to talk to you about something else that Tata said, which was very interesting to me. Um, he said, he basically admitted the team did not play well tonight, for the most part, especially in the second half, and said that for the last three games, the team has not played well. Um, obviously, he appreciates the fact that they've won those games, but a little bit worrying that the team hasn't played very well recently, um, at least like not at their peak. I thought the Real Salt Lake game was one of the best games we've seen from this team. Um, 
But if that were you going to the playoffs the way that this team's just general form. I'm not sure how much you could really expect from a team that's missing two of its best players. Um, you know, Almiron and Vijalba out tonight. Um, I, I really didn't think they looked that bad. Uh, you know, coaches are always going to do the coach speak thing and make sure that a certain standard is somewhat adhered to. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely worrying. It's definitely worrying. We've been talking about it for a while about how this team is probably not set up for uh, a deep cup run the way we may think it is. It definitely won't be easy if if it does go down. Um, but this is definitely a team that can that can fight through it and, and play poorly and get to the MLS Cup. Because again, I can't, I can't stress this enough, and I feel like I've been stressing this a lot. Uh, the whole thing does not matter. Whatever you think about it does not matter. <laughs> Literally anyone can win because you know why? It does not matter because it is a one-off, you know, short, tiny little tournament thing we do here at the end of the year and quantify it as valuable for whatever insane-ass American sports reason we've decided to attribute to it. So, so anything can happen. Um, is it worrying? I, I don't really know if it's worrying because, you know, what's what's it really going to have on – what effect is it really going to have on us in the long run? Uh, this is a team that has been consistently excellent throughout the year and consistently excellent enough to tie the MLS points record. And in all honesty, that's much more what we should be focused on and appreciating rather than, you know, the, the potential to duck out of a – a single elimination tournament, essentially. Wow. How many followers did we just lose for your MLS Cup playoffs take? You want to find about it? At me. <laughs> at J underscore Sam Jones. It'll be fun, though. No, this is great. It's what matters. We, we want to win that. We want to win that. Uh, get at me, Don Garber, for the promotion here. Uh, we, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a blast. Everyone come. Um, but MLS, where shit happens. That should, that should be the logo. That, that's, that pretty that's, that's, that's pretty much it. That and, should be the motto. And it's designed for that uh, almost explicitly with the way the league is set up for, yeah. for parody, quotation marks, which is a total nonsense word in general. Uh, but it's the way it's set up and the way we kind of have to deal with it. Um, but if we duck out of the MLS, if we duck, if we lose in the first round, this thing is not a total failure at failure as long as we end up winning well, Supporter Shield. Here's, here's my thing on the playoffs. I think that you're right. I think somewhere in there you were making a point that Atlanta kind of has like a baseline where um, the talent is so good that, you know, the talent of the team is so good that, you know, even on a, in a bad game or a game where Tata Martino says they play mm-hmm. poorly, they're still going to play up to a certain level, which I think is good. I also think it's good for this team the fact that they won't be playing in any single game eliminations unless until ML, L, the MLS Cup final. Okay. So yeah. everything will be two legs. I think that that really benefits Atlanta. You know, Definitely. Ha- because Atlanta kind of plays on more on the edge. You know, they'll concede goals from time to time. In fact, m- most games they concede probably when they shouldn't. Um, but I think so. It helps them to have a longer period of time to kind of prove yourself uh, as the better team. 180 minutes compared to just 90 minute game. It is still just two games, though. It, it, it's hard to assess a lot of value to that, in my opinion, anyway. Um, do you guys remember a couple of years ago? Let me let me tell you a story about a team called the Seattle Sounders. Uh, the 20. 20- 16, 2016 16. Seattle Sounders yep. uh, finished with a goal differential in the regular season of do you know Joe Patrick? I don't know. I One. Don't know. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> they had forty four goals for and forty three goals against, I believe. Huh. Um, and of course, they must not have done well in the playoffs. No, no, no. The, they won. They won the MLS Cup. Ooh. Yeah. Isn't that fun? Isn't Ooh. that fun? Huh. 
Huh. Interesting, right? Um, just to give you an idea of how all this kind of goes down sometimes. Um, so don't be ready to jump ship. It's not even it's not even on the same level as like normal Atlanta-ing, I don't think, if we drop out in the in the first couple rounds here. Now, if they blow like, I don't know, like a 3 nothing lead or something like that, yeah. Atlanta the hell out, blame yeah. everything, yeah. burn all your stuff. Uh, God hates us. Um, but beyond that, I, I think it's pretty reasonable to be to look at everything we've done this year and be like, yeah, okay, uh, we did everything right. Yeah, yeah, it, it's definitely a success. <laughs> yeah. you, just because if they don't win the playoffs, it's still you know it's still success. Of course, not saying we don't want them to or that right. they can't or any of that. We're stuff, still definitely worried. Be like, proud of what's be... <laughs> happened because it matters. Right, we're we're going to be worried the entire time, just as much as you are. We're going to be nervous about it. We're going to be living and dying with. With every stupid play that happens in MLS Cup, uh, but in the end, it won't be the end all, be all for us. Do we have any uh, any more questions there thrown our way? With, with uh, New York playing Orlando, is 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 the game against I love Toronto? This question. Is the game against Toronto must win. <laughs> um, yes, it absolutely. absolutely must win. Uh, even though Orlando pulled one out of their rears today with a two one win over the Columbus Crew. Uh, despite flashing hashtag disband the crew up on their television broadcast. Look that up. That's a real thing that happened. They decided yeah. that was an acceptable idea. And I, for one, am shocked that a organization associated with Orlando City Soccer Club somehow showed major incompetence today. Shocked, I tell you. Um, yeah, they pulled one, though. They, they did beat a, a halfway spiraling Columbus team for their first win since June. Congratulations, James O'Connor. Stay in forever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, are they going to go Earning to New York next week? Do they, do they have the momentum to go in and, and take out one of the best teams of all time? No. Probably no. Not. Yeah. But it would be very, someone did mention this, it would be very MLS of them to, to go ahead and pull this off. But if we are relying on any way for Orlando to get something done for us on, on Sunday, we're going to be very, very disappointed. Let's end it on this one. So Bradley Heron gives us a good question. Yeah. And it's kind of it's a bit presumptive, but I'm not saying it's wrong yet. Maybe I don't think it's wrong. Why is Barco so much better without Almiron in the game? Do you think he doesn't want to take the control or the slash the spotlight? He's probably just getting more touches. Yeah, that's probably it. That's pro- I, mean, it, it. I mean, he probably is getting more touches. I do think there is a little bit of the whole deferring to sure. the more veteran players. I think that that's been something that I think that's like a lot of the reason why he hasn't, you know, shoot the ball as much as uh, as much as we won him to at times. But yeah, I think in a game like this, I yeah. think you're right. Like well, he's getting he's getting on the ball more. The the space he was occupying, you can take a look at the the first uh, first goal where he made that pass to Escobar that we talked about. Uh, the space he was occupying was very similar to, I think, to where you might see Miguel kind of pick up a, a loose ball and kind of go. And then he made this just brutal, like, diagonal kind of run. And once I saw that, I got really excited because I'm like, oh, he's he's looking forward and looking for something to create. And then completely did exactly not what I expected him to. He, I thought he was going to just try to, like, slot one through or something like that. He flipped the field, and that turned into a goal for Atlanta United. It was yeah. really brilliant and really creative and again it's one of those things where you see flashes of what he can do when he decides to put his head down and kind of you know run to the wall a little bit to break it down you you can't just go around it every time yeah it's an interesting premise again i don't know if i agree or disagree with the premise but it's um it's an interesting one we might have to kind of check that out and kind of look back and see i mean i guess miguel's played almost every game that he's played in but um yeah, we'll check that out. We we'll we'll keep, keep an eye on that. Sure. It's, yeah. a, it's a good point. I, I enjoy the, uh, the inquisitiveness that it takes to come up with a, a thought like that on this dumbass show. 
It's a dumbass show. Gotta love it, though. Do we want to talk about Lorenowitz Man? Yeah, we want to talk about Lorenowitz Man. We have not discussed this at all, Uh, by the way. (laughs) So we're both going to say it on three at the same time. Here we go. One, two, three. Franco Escobar. Fuck. (laughs) Kazan, okay, go ahead. So, I I mean, I would go with Escobar as just the man of the match. Maybe that's crazy. Maybe that maybe that's insane. Wow. Yeah, you made a few good saves. You made a few good saves. I think a you lot did. of it was just being commanding in the box and coming up and in pulling the ball in the air when needed to. Yeah, uh, but there were a few opportunities where Chicago really made him work for it. There was one early in the game where like it was, it was a goal. It was yeah, yeah. it was a deflected shot. Um, he made a great instinctive save to to save a goal there. And I want to say there was maybe one other one. And yeah. to me, that's good enough. That's yeah, good enough. Sure, why not? Uh, I thought Franco was at least very, very passable tonight. Uh, we didn't see him a whole lot, of course, on the ball. Uh, but his defense continues to be pretty solid, I thought. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, he had a, he had a couple of really good recoveries. He was also very funny in his, in his post-game. Yeah, he was solid. I think that's maybe why I picked it. <laughs> <laughs> Just a subconscious uh, liking. Uh, yeah. yeah, he said he's, like, never scored with his left foot before um, and basically just said he got lucky, which I... I, I Appreciate someone with that kind of self-deprecation that will just mm-hmm. admit that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. And I thought he was good. And he also, by the way, I think one of the more enlightening things or things that, you know, our viewers might be interested in is that he just said that living here, playing here has, has exceeded all of his expectations. Um, the support he's gotten, he just loves playing here, um, which is good because I, I feel like Franco Escobar is one of those guys who a lot of fans kind of... <laughs> You know, he's just not an attacking player, basically. So he's not going to kind of get that same kind of adulation from the crowd mm-hmm. that a lot of, you know, Almiron, Barco. Okay, not Barco, Tito, Joseph, get <laughs> Barco's still right. working on it. <laughs> so I thought that was good to see. Here, yeah. Good to hear from, Mark, or from Franco. Definitely. Definitely. All right, y'all. Uh, Franco, Guzan, your checks are in the mail. Are your trophies? What do we send now? I don't know. Whatever. We should get Jeff Lorenowitz to write them checks. Yes. Yes, for his major salary that he's making. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. About to wrap it up here from Five Stripe Final Live from Mercedes Benz Stadium. They have these weirdo, like, vertical goalposts going up right now. I don't know what those are about. Um, the lights come right back on just as we're about to leave. Thanks, Mercedes Benz Stadium. Uh, but yeah, that'll do it. Uh, get at us with any other questions you may want to have. We're always open to have opening a dialogue. Yeah, send us questions on anytime. Anytime. Yeah. Um, so that's at Five Strike Final. Get at Joe Patrick at J Patrick Two Hundred. Get at me at J underscore Sam Jones. Get out via Dirty South Soccer account at Dirty South S O C. And go to the website as well, DirtySouthSoccer.com for all your Atlanta United content. Uh, that'll wrap it up again. I'm J Sam Jones. That's Joe Patrick. Shout out to uh, Elijah Holyfield. Shout out to Jeff Tweedy. Shout out to Tyler Simmons. Shout out to Fatal Bada. I hope you're happy. I don't know where you ended up, man, but I hope you're happy. Uh, you made me really unhappy one day, but I hope you're happy, and that's the kind of forgiving person I am. And shout out to everyone making the horrible, horrible, terrible, no good trip to Jacksonville this Saturday. It's going to be awful. Shout out to LeVar Burton. I know you're listening. Uh, shout out Jorge Beeler. Shout out the uh, gaggle of South American journalists who are here today to report on uh, Tata Martina. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, by the way, they the reason they were here is for some like MLS program that was set. It's like sure. it's like a predetermined thing. Right. Yeah, and apparently yeah. now just uh-huh. this week was the week that they decided. Oh, we need to do what this. So, yeah. yeah. Um, shout out uh, Julian Sackovich. Shout out Dan Gargan. Shout out Kevin Egan. And shout out. Uh, just abilities. Huh. Then five strikes to tell y'all. Don't they?
Ja, det. Mm. Ja. Mm. 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 Hej då. Se. Mm.